0: pray in all God's children this morning, if you agree with that, would you just say amen and amen. Would you, you can be seated in his presence as we praise him and give him. Thank you, worship team. You do such a wonderful, wonderful job. I'm excited this morning to be here. How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? Amen. Amen. I can feel it. There's a great atmosphere. I love it when we come in and, and it's almost like God just, he's already here. He's just waiting for us to show up. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I encourage you this morning, uh, whatever you need, be sure to stay open. God has something for you today. We're continuing in our, in our series, and um, and before we do that, I just want to welcome you again to Found Life Church. For those of you, maybe you're here for the first time, you don't know me, um, my name is Pastor Dustin Alexander. I am the lead pastor here uh, of Found Life Church. That's correct. Um, they, they put me in charge. Um, it, it's pretty cool, right, And uh, <laughs> from my perspective, and uh, And We're just so thankful. We know there's a lot of places that you could be this morning, a lot of things you could be doing. We're thankful that you came and spent your time with us. If you have a few moments, uh, there's a a Connect card in the seat back in front of you, in the the little tray in front of you. If you're here for the first time, we ask you to just fill that out with a little bit of information. We have a gift for you in our Connect area outside uh, in the foyer After church, if you stop by, uh, turn that in. We've got a gift that we want to place in your hands. And so we just want to say thank you for being with us this morning. Um, also just want to remind everybody we had uh, an opportunity you know last week coming off the heels of our our series we're talking about my no fear year and how many of you are already man pastor Nate testified earlier how many is God really doing some things this year as we step and walk in faith and not by sight I can tell you it's been amazing that this year as it's taking place uh, I've been challenged like never before the enemies come at me like never before and tried to uh, instill some fear but it's amazing as we walk by sight and as as we walk in the light of what God is doing in our lives, how, how we can take ground that we never thought possible. And last week we were challenged in God's word with having a, a no fear generosity, not being afraid to give to others and to be generous with our time and to be generous with our love and our forgiveness and, and our relationships and not to be uh, withholding, but to give freely because we want to sow a seed so that when it's our time, we can harvest a, a great crop and it yields a, a great crop and we had an opportunity Actually, on Monday, Sunday, we we talked about our no fear generosity, and on Monday, I was approached by someone that uh, is going to be uh, going to Puerto Rico here soon uh, this week, actually, and taking supplies and and taking desperately needed resources. Many of you, uh, I know, we have several members of our congregation. You're you're from Puerto Rico. You you live there. You came here. Actually, we have several members that came here uh, were displaced by the hurricanes not too uh, not too long ago, and others who have family and loved ones, and so. This kind of touched a nerve in my heart. We have an opportunity, as you well know. The earthquakes down there have devastated that island and that community, and they are still recovering from the hurricanes from a couple years ago, and now this happens. And so we've had an opportunity to provide much-needed supplies. We're collecting those today. Uh, You can check our Facebook page. We have a list of those. I believe they have them in the foyer in the Connect area as well. Uh, We will be collecting those through Tuesday, and you can drop them off at our daycare, uh, our Little Hands Learning Center, uh, from anywhere from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. is a drop-off location there, and you can drop those off Monday and Tuesday. So we have an opportunity to be generous to those in need. Amen. How many are excited about that, that God gives us opportunities to be generous? We, are, we have a culture of generosity here. We believe in it. We live it. We love it. Uh, it, it We're so stoked and happy when God calls us and allows us to be generous. But for this week, we're going to continue in our No Fear Year series. You know, we talked about in the beginning. A lot of times, it's the fear of the unknown that really gets us in life, and uh, we we are afraid of what we can't see. But when we look in God's scriptures, our design was never to walk in the light of what's known. We were never designed. To walk in the light of what's known, like the scripture says, the steps of the righteous are ordered of him. He orders our steps and thus we don't always see what's right in front of us. Sometimes we can't see the next step in front of us, but we were never designed So that we would see those things. Why? So that we would have a dependence on him. So that there would be this interrelational dependence so that as we walked, we were constantly not looking at our steps, not looking at what's in front of us, but we were constantly fixed and focused on where he was leading us. And is leading us, and so we find ourselves being able to do more things, to cover more ground, to find success in ways that we never thought possible. And we don't have to be afraid; we don't have to fear the unknown when we walk by faith and not by what we see in front of us. For some of you, uh, we've already heard testimonies of how God is using you to uh, to go into new business ventures and to step into new areas of ministry, and to even to step into our serving team where maybe you were afraid. Uh, to step in and be part of our dream team because you didn't know uh, how that would work and if you were qualified and everything and, and you've already made that step to kind of get over that fear and to realize that God is calling you to be a part of his dream team, to be a part of this dream team and be a part of the purpose of what he has for your life. But we're discussing now, we're discussing three areas that I think there's so many things, and each one of us could probably get up here and do a sermon about things that we are afraid of. And we talked about it, you know, we've got our spider people that are afraid of spiders, right? Yeah, so I know some of you are afraid of spiders. My wife will burn the house down if we if she sees a spider in the house. I've got to get to it quick because she's already got the torch and the hairspray out and she's ready to go. And you know, we got our snake people that are afraid of snakes. Now I know we've got some people in the audience like Ozzy and Jackie over here that they embrace the snake and they've got like pet snakes and stuff. And I don't, I'm I'm out on that one. I don't know. I can't go. I can't go. They're not. You can't pet them. They're not very lovable to me. They're just designed to kill me. Um, but. We're going to talk about some fears. Uh, In fact, I heard a story. I'm going to pause right here, real quick, uh, about snakes. And I'm not one of those that has a phobia. I'm okay with snakes. You know, I don't have them in my house as like pets or anything. But they don't bother me. But I heard this snake story this week. I read it online. This guy was walking through the woods, and all of a sudden, this snake jumped from a tree. Jumped from a tree jump from a tree, people, and hit him right in the, bit him in the side of his head, jumping from a tree. Listen, I didn't know they were airborne now. Like, that's a whole nother level. Like, I, I was like, oh my, I'm always looking down for snakes. I'm thinking they're coming out of the bushes at me. Now I got to watch for air attack. You know what I'm saying? They've gone airborne on me. That's a whole nother level, man. I don't know about those snakes now. <laughs> hey. I don't know. I just needed to get that out. So now I've got a whole nother, God's challenging me with a whole nother fear and and phobia. But so many times it's the fear of unknown. But we're talking about three things really uh, last week and then uh, over the next couple weeks that I feel like are kind of central to everyone things that we deal with or things that we are going to deal with last week dealing with generosity we become so afraid over our finances so afraid of the things that we give to other people because we get worried that we won't get those back or that we'll have without we'll go without but God is calling us to faithful generosity so that we will never run out so that we'll always have a supply and this week we want to continue talking about something that if you haven't dealt with it yet you're going to it's one of those pastoral guarantees that if you haven't dealt with it yet, it's just because you haven't lived long enough. It's because you haven't experienced enough. Maybe, maybe you just haven't been there yet, but you're going to because at some point we always have this happen. And uh, raise of hands. How many of you have ever come to the point in your life where you have looked around or you have just thrown up your hands and said, I am done with people? Like I am done with people. Yeah, yeah, everybody. And the ones that the, the ones that aren't, you're probably the problem if you're not raising your hand. Like you're the ones that we're done with. Like, like the people that when you get on an airplane, and I'm a, I'm a tall guy and, and everything, I get on an airplane, and, and it's always a struggle for me, man, because you know they don't make things big people certified, you know? And, and so when when I go to that, they're just trying to squish, and the seats keep getting like more and more squished together. And, and so there's times when I get on an airplane and you have you always have that guy, and it, and it seems like he he finds the seat in front of me that wants to lean all the way back in the airplane, right? You guys know that guy? Maybe you guys are shorter. You don't get it. And, and, but wants to lean all the way back, and, like, he wants me to, like, braid his hair or something. Like, he's right there on me. And I'm like, like, what you want, man? You want Rose or, you know, I could do something. <laughs> like, And I'm done, man. I see those people. I'm done, man. Or people that you see this. People take their – I saw somebody one time. They took their socks and shoes off on an airplane right? Like, what's that? It's like, I'm done. I'm done with people today or people that just like spit chewing gum anywhere. Like those people are the worst, man. And so I have these moments in my life or, or for me, it's, it's really difficult. You ever have, you know, have those people that they get into it. Now for those of you that don't know, uh, whether it's a two lane highway or a three lane highway or four, no matter how many lanes, the left lane, uh, the far left lane is reserved for what? Fasting. Going fast. I'm glad all of you know that. Because there's some people around here that they don't, don't know that. And so it seems like when I get on the highway, there's always those people that, that man, they, they wanna go like not just the speed limit, but they wanna go like a little bit below speed limit. Um, and I get right behind them, and Jessica gets mad at me because I always wanna get like right up behind them to let them know like you are going too slow. And it, they just won't, they won't move over. And I'm done, I'm out of the, I'm, I'm done. I'm out, and so I just, I'm done with people. And then you ever have that, that situation where where you're driving on the highway and all of a sudden Somebody comes up behind you and, and they're driving fast and everything and they want you to move and all of a sudden, you know, you're slamming on the brakes to them and then, you know, you got to kind of play this game and then, and then they, they screech up and they get up beside of you and they run and they, they get up in front of you and they slam on the brakes and then all of a sudden they're waving high but they don't have all their fingers up and, 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 and they got that with one hand and out the other side, they're like Yosemite Sam and they got their pistol up in the air and they're like, woo-woo, and it's like, this dude just took it to another level. Like, this dude just took it to another level, and you back off because you're afraid. You're afraid that you're going to get hurt. You're afraid that something's going to happen, and so there becomes this fear. And I think what happens a lot of times in life, people hurt us or people threaten to hurt us. And we have this fear of people in our life, and so we slow down. Some of us even go to the greatest extent that maybe we've been hurt, we've been injured, and these things, and we exit the highway. We get off completely. And, and what happens is we bring this into our own lives is things happen in our lives and, and, and hurts or pains or betrayals or uh, we become disillusioned with those around us, family, friends, uh, relationships, churches even. Uh, and we begin to back away. We begin to back away. We begin to retreat. We begin to exit the highway of God's purpose and God's design for our life. Have you ever been there where it's just like, you know what, I, I don't even wanna be around people. I don't even want to know people. I want, to, In fact, I'm going to go find a job where I can work from home. We've noticed a, a huge trend now, which it's really cool to be able to work from home. But so many people want to work from home. And I think part of that is because we just are done with people. As, as much as social media has done to try and connect us, it seems like more and more we're trying to disconnect ourselves from real relationships, and I think that's because we've just, we've gotten hurt. We've gotten, uh, we, we've had things happen in our lives. And so it's created this fear that I don't want to be hurt. I don't want anything to happen. You know, people are crazy out there. Uh, it's dangerous on the road of life. And so I'm just going to exit. I'm just going to exit. I'm going to get off. And we never get back on track. We never get back on, to the purpose of what God has for us. And so today I want to talk to you about our fear of people. We want to talk about our fear of pe- people, and for some of us, um, I really I, I include two things. We have a fear of people. There's also those of you that, in that situation, that you would be right there with them, you know, bringing, brandishing your gun and firearm, and you know, going crazy because you get angry. But see, anger and fear are twin sides of the same coin. Anger and fear—if you think about you—the you, result of both is the same. When somebody hurts you, if you become afraid, whether you become afraid or become angry, the the result is the same. It's a disconnect from people. It's a disconnect from relationship. It's a disconnect from God's purpose and plan for your life. So if you would this morning, would you turn with me to Philippians, the second chapter? We're going to continue looking. uh, The last couple weeks, we've been looking in Paul's letters, second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, This week, we're going to look at Paul's letter uh, to the church at Philippi. And, you know, we can't, Paul wrote like most of two-thirds of the the New Testament, and so he has a lot to say, a lot of encouraging words to the church. And so we're looking here in Philippians, the second chapter, as Paul is instructing us on how to be a people who are connected, how to be a people who are not afraid. And he starts here in verse 1. He says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts under, are your hearts tender and compassionate he opens with this series of questions they're rhetorical really they're they're kind of a or it's a an assumed answer the the assumed answer is yes Uh, when he says he's not really asking them is there encouragement from belonging to Christ he's saying you already know the answer to that there is encouragement in belonging to Christ there is comfort from his love there is fellowship together in his spirit but that last question that last question, I think, is a qualifier. That last question where he says, are your hearts tender and compassionate? I think that sometimes we can, when we see there's, there's God's love, there's God's encouragement, there's God's compassion, but sometimes we can disconnect ourselves. And he's providing and he's showing us a way back to this. Are your hearts Tender, we know that God's heart is tender and compassionate towards you, but are your hearts tender and compassionate? He goes on, then, if so, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Ladies, don't wear your husband's ribs out right now on that verse. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. It's that last scripture that really got me as I was reading this and preparing this. It was, don't look out only for your own interests. See, I'm good at doing that, though. I'm really good at looking out for my interests. How many of you are really good for looking out at your interests, right? We can, we can, you don't have to raise your hands because we'll all be liars if we don't. But we're really good at the things that are important to us. And we're really good about focusing. I've got to, I got to focus on me. I got to do a little self care. I got to have a little me time. But when Paul says, don't only, he's not saying don't at all. He's not saying that you're not important. He's not devaluing you. He's not saying don't focus on your interests. But he says, but don't only focus, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest. And for some of you, it's like, man, I was with you in, in verse 1, and, and I was really with, with you in verse 3. In fact, I was, I was making notes in my Bible so I can tell that to somebody else later in verse 3 because they need to hear that. But, but, man, I don't got time for verse 4. I don't have the patience for verse four, and in fact, you don't understand uh, what people have done to me, you don't understand what I walk with, you don't understand what my family has done to me, you don't understand, I don't, I, can't, I don't have the mental space, I don't have the emotional capacity to take an interest in others, because people are the worst, I'm just going to do me. But here we see Paul saying, no, no, no. If, if you're going to engage in the encouragement of Christ, and the comfort of Christ, then we must also engage in the interest of others too. We have to engage, we have to connect with other people. And if anyone gets this, if anybody gets what you're feeling, if anybody gets this tension, if anybody has the right to walk away and say, you know what, I'm done with people, it is Paul at this point. You gotta recognize and realize that Paul, while he is writing this letter, Paul is in prison awaiting trial. He is in a prison cell, and I can't imagine that the, uh, the Roman prison system was one of those kind of like white-collar prisons, right? He wasn't playing tennis. It wasn't a country club prison, right? I can only imagine the, the circumstances surrounding Paul, and he is in prison. He is in lockdown at this point, and he is awaiting trial where at that trial, he does not know if he is going to be executed at the hands of his peers, Is he going to be executed for simply trying to share the love of Jesus, trying to help people, trying to encourage people, trying to tell people about the love of Christ and what he did for them? See, all he's done for the last however many years is try to help people. He's been good to people. He's been trying to go and preach this wonderful message. And yet he consistently finds himself brutalized at the hands of people. The people he's trying to help, he consistently finds himself locked up, beaten, whipped, all of these horrible and horrific things. It's like pain is his constant. Some of you know what that is. Some of you know that feeling right there. It's like, man, every time I get burned, every time something happens, every time I feel like uh, I just am enduring pain and pain and pain. And you can relate to Paul in this point You've been disappointed, you've been hurt, you've been lied to, you've been betrayed by friends and family. And for some of you, maybe that happened within the, the church. Maybe you got involved in a small group and, and somebody said something that hurt your feelings or maybe you've gotten involved with people and serving on a dream team and you were at another church and, and, and somebody was terrible to you. And man, I'd love to say that that doesn't really happen, but man, it does. Too, too often, really. It happens so much more than it ought to. It happens so much more because people lash out. And when you're in pain, you, you have a tendency to lash out at, at other people. And some of you can relate. And what happens is this often results in isolation and isolation, depression and depression, loneliness, and we become trapped in this, this prison of emotion where we don't any longer, we don't have the freedom to connect with people, we don't have the freedom to engage with people. We walk around, we go to school, we go to church, we go to uh, work and we engage people on a surface level we engage people on a level that's high by yeah you're doing good yep you know oh mondays right you know what i'm saying oh this copier you know you know hit the copier and yeah what what are we talking about hey did you see the game this weekend yeah that's great um you know the seahawks lost woohoo we're all happy about that um except for pastor nate and uh you know green bay won yay you know uh, I really have no, I'm a cowboy fan, so at this point, I got nothing for you, you know. We're, we're next year, you know. that's. But we engage people in these uh, impersonal, inane, uh, you know, conversations. But we are constantly keeping people at a distance wherever we go. And we can come into church and we can sit in a pew or we can uh, sit in a chair as it is. And everything looks fine. And the veil of our face is a smile and a grin and everything. But we know that, you know what, I'm not getting close to you because I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if, if you're the snake in the tree that's going to jump down and bite me. I don't know it, what you're going to do. I'm not going to get close anymore. I've been hurt. And so we, we lock ourselves in this prison we lock ourselves in this prison of, of fear and isolation and we retreat emotionally. So how is it that Paul, of all people, how can he be talking about loving one another when he is suffering? See, if it's me, if it's me, I, I'm going to be writing the letter. Hey, you guys, you're going to have to work this out because I'm going I'm to take care of me for a little bit. I'm going to focus on my issues. I'm locked in this prison. The food is terrible. Um, the, the service is, is not good. I'm going to do me for a little while. I'm just going to let you do you, okay? I, I've got to focus on me for a moment. And, and, and even more so, I would say, if I was Paul, man, every time I try to help people, I end up in prison. What happened? God, what's going on, man? Every time I try to help somebody, I end up beaten it's like, man, they, they don't even want to hear this good news. And, and if anybody has the, the reason and, and the excuse to just throw his hands up and say, I'm done, God, I'm done with people, it's Paul. So how can he be talking about loving people when he's suffering at the hands of them? He's currently in pain. He's currently suffering. And that's where many of us are. We are in this prison, this pain, this prison. And we become too focused on our our pain to find our purpose. See, we become so focused on our pain that we no longer serve a purpose. We no longer have a purpose Because all we can see is that pain. All we can see is what happened years ago, and we're afraid that somehow that's going to happen again. See, but this year, see, I believe that this year is going to be a year like no other. In fact, we have done so much to encourage you and brand you, and we have uh, different things to encourage you throughout the year. We even made T-shirts so that you can wear T-shirts and and hoodies and things like that, because I believe that this year can be your no-fear year. I believe that this year you can walk without fear of getting hurt, without fear of pain, without fear of these things, that you can have a life this year that you've never known and never haven't. You can find purpose this year that you've never known. Amen. Can somebody agree with me this morning? Thank you. That gave me a little bit of extra time to drink. And see, that's why one of our culture statements here, and we talk about it, and I talk about it throughout the year. One of our culture statements here at Found Life Church is we connect intentionally. We connect intentionally. It's not by accident. If you met somebody this morning, if somebody came up, shook your hand, if somebody introduced themselves, it's not by accident. It's because we connect intentionally, on purpose. We want to, we put ourselves out there with people because people are our purpose, we want to engage with people because we know that that's what God has designed for us. Because see, God has never designed you to live in isolation. God never designed you to live in isolation. He never designed. The, in fact, I tell people all the time, Christianity and a, and a Christ walk. It's a team sport. We are on. We are on the same team, and we are here for each other. We are here. We are designed to work with each other. You know, no matter how good a quarterback is, he can't. Uh, throw the ball and catch the ball, right? He, he can't do it all by himself. He needs his offensive line. He needs his receivers. He needs his running back. He needs a defense. He needs these people with him to help him achieve victory. It's the same in our Christian walk. We need each other. We were never designed to walk in isolation. In fact, in Genesis, from the very beginning, God looked at Adam and said, man, it is not good for this dude to be alone. And so he gave him Eve. Eve. Because he needed somebody because being alone is not good. But see, the enemy desires to get you alone. The, uh, the enemy desires to isolate you through fear, through manipulation, through anger, through these things. He desires to isolate you. Because he knows your strength is in the encouragement of others. Your strength is in the encouragement of the people around you, of those who will cheer you on, who will lift you up when you're feeling down, when you're feeling weak. Those that will send you a scripture or let you know that, hey, I'm praying for you. I know you're going through it, but I'm praying for you today. That's where your strength is. And so the enemy tries to isolate you so that he can defeat you ultimately. See, if he can isolate you, whether it's uh, physically or emotionally or whatever, if he can isolate you, then he knows that he can defeat you and and he can keep you from fulfilling your purpose and he can keep you from having an effect on the kingdom, which ultimately is what he wants. Because God has given each one of us a purpose. He's given each one of us this ability to reach people, to connect and reach people. And there are people that you can reach that I can't reach. There are people in your influence, there are people that will listen to you that would never ever uh, listen to me. In fact, and I I hate to pick on him and everything, but but I love him to death and he's one of my favorite people, but Ozzy, man, Uh, Ozzy is a different looking dude, man. He's got, when you meet him in the foyer, he's got tattoos from literally from the top of his head all the way down. I'm not that guy, if I walk into Ozzy's tattoo shop and I start trying to minister to the guys in the tattoo shop, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy probably. Like they're going to say, where's your ink, bro? You don't know me. But, it, but Ozzy has this incredible opportunity and this ability to go in and to go to places who, who, with people who look like him and they, they enjoy the same things. And things. They, he has an opportunity to minister to those people and talk to those people in a way that I never could. And so we are here connected to each other because we each have a purpose and an opportunity to minister to one another and to minister to different kinds of people. There is a strength in our unity. And so Paul is desperately pleading for this, this coming together, this unifying, because we can't fulfill the purpose God has planned for us if we are afraid to connect with people. People are our purpose. That's why we're here. People are our purpose. Purpose, say that with me now. People are our purpose. People are out. you guys aren't participating. (laughs) I'm saying this by myself, okay? You're gonna have to get a little louder. These lights are bright. I can't see past the first row, so I gotta hear you and know that you're with me, okay? That you're getting it. Or we're just gonna keep repeating that like on loop. So people are our purpose. People are our purpose. Purpose all right we're starting to get it there. We understand what are you here for? So today when you go outside and, and people say, "Hey, man, what are you here for? What do you do? Man, people are my purpose. People are why i'm here I 'm here for people because if not, the moment you got saved, God would rapture you. Why did why does God leave us here? After we get saved, it would be so much easier after I accepted Christ and accepted that he came to to redeem me and to save me uh, from from sin and death and and the grave. Wouldn't it be so much easier if in that moment God just said, boop, snap me up to heaven? That'd be cool. I mean, it'd be weird at first. You definitely know who the sinners in your audience were. (laughs) Like, like if y'all still here, there's a problem. (laughs) Like, you got some sin in your camp why why does he leave us here so that we can affect people so that we can share the love of jesus with others for those who don't yet know that's why you're here that is your purpose so how do we break free how do we break free how do we break free of this pain? How do we break free of this fear? How do we break free of this uh, whatever these situations are that have gone on? These this pain, this hurt, these things that have caused us to pull away and to disconnect from relationships. Well, I'm glad you asked. Number one, we have to understand that it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about me. Not just about me, me, but about us collectively. It's not about me. If you go back and you look in verse 3, and Paul here, he is talking about unity in the context here of unity, but there's some things that we can pull out of this as we as we look at it. So I understand for those of you that maybe you're, you're looking at this scripture and saying, well, that's not exactly what he's talking about. I get it. I know what he's talking about, but there's some things in it that we can pull out and we can extrapolate from this scripture, and as God's word is a living word, it, it speaks on many different levels. Amen? Oh, I'm so glad you're with me today. Um, it's not about me. Verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. See, there's that on-the-nose meaning where it says, you know, don't be selfish. Be humble. Think of, of others of yourself. And basically what, what he's saying is nobody wants to play with the kid that won't share, okay? Nobody wants to play with that kid. No, and also, nobody wants to play with the kid that's always bragging about all his expensive toys, okay? I don't want to hear about your big, nice boat all the time, all right? I don't want to hear about, you know, your your nice car all the time when I'm driving, when I'm driving. Like, I don't want to hear about it, which, God bless me, I'm not saying, you know, i got a brand new Jeep, I love it, and it's awesome, Um <laughs> But, you know, you don't want to be around those people. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, man, don't be selfish. Be humble. Think of other people. And so what he's saying is, hey, be aware of defense mechanisms in your life. See, why do we do those kind of things? And we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it, man. I want people to look at me uh, in, in a certain way sometimes. And I'm guilty of it. And a lot of times it's a defense mechanism by which I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to impress somebody so that they will think a certain way about me so that they won't, they won't hurt me, take advantage of me, or, or, or do something that I don't like. So that they will be endeared towards me. So that maybe if they think that I, I have nice things, that, that I'm a good businessman or, or I, I'm really good uh, with my money or whatever the situation is. And, or, or if you know my kid's got a whole bunch of medals and I'm always bragging about how many medals he got and for uh, playing basketball or whatever, or soccer and these things. Then you know, they'll think that I'm a really good parent if I'm always bragging about how great little Johnny and little Timmy is. And so Paul is saying, beware of these defense mechanisms in your life. Basically, what he's saying is don't get caught looking inwardly. Don't, be, don't get caught looking in yourself. It's not about you. Don't get caught looking inwardly. So many times we get so focused on ourselves. It's so easy to do. It's like it's craveable, right? It's like, man, it's like on Sunday afternoons when I start getting that sweet tooth and all I can think about is Donut King and one of those maple donuts. Man, ooh, ooh, Jesus, help me. You know, and I just want it, man. I just just want it. I just want to taste it and everything. It's so easy. So is self-indulgence. So is self-focus. It's so easy. We just want it. We like it sometimes we just want to sit in it, right? We just want to sit on the couch and just think about how bad things are. It's like a drug to us, man. It literally, it releases dopamine in our brain and it's like a drug uh, that that we just soak up because we just want to sit in in this uh, state of selfishness and and focusing on our pain and, and we can never move past our hurt if we're constantly focused on it. So he's saying, listen, you've got to get outside of yourself. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to stop looking. You've got to start thinking and looking at other people. Humble yourselves, thinking, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That doesn't mean we devalue ourselves. That means that we value others. That means that we're not looking at our own pain. We're looking at them. We can never move past a hurt or a pain if that's all we're looking at. You can't see anything else. Have you ever met those people in your life? Have you ever met those people that, man, that, that's all they talk about is what happened 10 years ago. I've met people that, that uh, God bless them, they got hurt in a church and they no longer attend church. And, and now all they talk about, it's a decade later and the only conversation, I could call them up right now and, and I'm, I know of like two or three people right now I could call up and I could have a conversation. I could ask them about anything. I could ask them about what cleaning products they use to get the mold out of their bathroom. And somehow that conversation would morph into how mad they are at the church because 10 years ago somebody said something they they didn't like. Amen? I mean, we all know those people, man. We avoid those people. Man, the, you know that, that friend that she wants, to, she wants to go grab a cup of coffee and it's like, man, I don't want to grab a coffee with her because all she's going to do is talk about such and such. All that she's going to do is she's going to bring the same thing. And I keep trying to give her advice and I keep trying to tell her this, but she doesn't listen. And all she wants to do is just sit in that pain and keep reliving it over and over and over. All she wants to do is talk about how bad her mom is. And it's like, oh, my goodness, at some point you're an adult. You've got to move on from this thing, Right. And we all know those people. And if, you know, if you're the person that you're calling people to go to coffee with and, and they keep making up excuses because they like got to wash their hair and everything, maybe that might be you. <laughs> it might be you that is the person that's living with those things. It's always the same problem because they can't get their eyes off of their problem. And Paul is saying, listen, don't be selfish. Think of others. Be humble. Think of others. See, let's be clear. Hurts are real Pain is real. We're not diminishing that this morning. We're not, we're not dismissing that. I know I made light of a few things, but we're not dismissing. There are some real things that you have gone through. There are some real pain that people in your life, people that you trusted, people that were supposed to be there for you, people that have betrayed you and broken your heart in ways that I could never understand. There are people in my life and things that have happened in the church that have broken my heart in ways that it grieved me to my soul. Pain and hurt are real things, but it's how we deal with it. It's how we move on. It's how we grow from it that makes the difference. Do we sit and we live in it? Or, or do we move past it? Do we focus on others? Do we allow God to heal us? Do we allow Christ's love to heal us so that we can go out and heal others? See, what we got to realize, like I said, it's not about me. See, when we realize it's not about me, then we realize what it's about is sin. Because sin entered the world, then pain entered the world. Betrayal entered the world. It was from the very beginning. When sin entered the world, it was a betrayal. God was betrayed by Adam and Eve. His love betrayed. And so when we realize that, you know, that loved one that hurt us, you know, yes, they hurt us. Yes, they were wrong. But it's sin. It's sin that causes that. It's hurt, it's pain, it's these things that, that cause that. And when we take our eyes off of ourselves, we can start seeing the hurt and the pain and the sin around us. I heard a story this week, and it's amazing how God works this out I listened to a Podcast, and I had no clue that this was uh, going to be a part of it, but it fits so beautifully in the message that I had already prepared and God had laid on my heart. But uh, many of you might know uh, Pastor Louis Giglio, who is a uh, pastor of Passion Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, world-famous, renowned speaker. And uh, he was talking about his relationship with his father. And he was talking about when he was in his 30s, and his father and him never had a very close, didn't have a very close relationship. His dad wasn't abusive or anything like that, but they just, he was withholding in his affection and withholding in certain areas of his life. Um, the, you know, he, he didn't really, like, heap a lot of praise on him. And, and uh, you know, when, when Louis got saved and started preaching, his dad it, it just didn't really get involved he he didn't really get it he didn't get involved and and he had this relationship it was kind of a tenuous uh relationship loved his father, but there was never that that deep fatherly affection and so one time his daddy had gotten very sick and had been had a series in his life a, a time in his life where he had been dealing with multiple sicknesses and pain and and just been going through all of this and he had to have brain surgery and so they're laying in the hospital and his dad is bandaged up his dad's bandaged up and he's sitting next to him and and he, he's you know Got all this going on and in pain and, and Louis really wants him to know, you know, he's been saved. He's been through this. He knows God's love and so he's trying to connect with his dad and share with his dad and so he, he shares with his dad and he says, dad, I want you to know, God loves you. Just wanted you to know, I know you know this, but I just want you to know, God loves you and his dad looks over at him and just kind of slumps over in the bed says, son, there is nobody in my life that's ever wanted me, and I don't believe for one minute that God wants me either and loves me. And Louis said that in that moment, it was like something snapped. It was like something became crystal clear. See, his dad, he knew that his dad had been bounced around from home to home and and lived with different loved ones and that his parents were not in his life. and, And he knew that he had had a rough life, but his dad never talked about it he never talked about it so he never understood the depth and in that moment it was like it was like the goggles came came on and and he could see clearly and it colored his entire relationship with his father. In that moment, he understood all of the reasons why his dad was withholding, all the reasons, because his dad never felt like anybody cared about him. He never felt like anybody loved him. He never felt like he ever had anybody that was on his side. And now Louis could see all of this history together. Every hurt, everything that he wanted from his dad, his dad was never capable of giving him in the first place. And so he made a decision in that moment. It was so beautiful. And as I'm listening to this story, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of getting emotional myself. And not because my dad was that way, but just because I'm, I'm emotional in this moment hearing this story. And he said, I made a decision in that moment. See, most of the time, blessings flow down in the family tree. See, you bless your children and you, and you do these things. He said, I made a decision in that moment that I was going to, to make blessings flow up to my dad. See, I was gonna cause love to flow up. See, God had given Louis something different. God has shown him something different. He had shown him uh, the love that he had given him, but see, his dad was never able to, and so it's that moment he said, I'm going to commit myself that for the rest of his life my dad is going to know that he is loved. He is going to know that he is wanted. He is going to know that, that he is cared for. So he said that his dad, he doesn't know If his dad ever had some big come-to-Jesus meeting or anything, but he knows for a fact that for the rest of the time that his dad was on this earth, he knew that he was loved. See, sometimes when we get outside of our own pain, when we get outside of our own self, we can look at our family members, we can look at our friends, we can look at those who are attending church in a different light, and we can see the struggle that they've gone through. And God will use you to be a healing to somebody. God will use you to bring healing to a place where there was pain. There, he will use you to bring a healing to a place where there was once hurt. As the musicians come this morning, I'm, I'm out of time. And see, the beautiful thing is, as Paul has already learned, and as you'll learn, is God never wastes a hurt. And what's cool is that the things that you go through, God will use you to help people heal. He will use you to help people in your life to heal. Those who have gone through similar things with family members, those who have gone through similar things with loved ones, with betrayal, with these situations of hurt in their life. God will send them to you as you become healed, as as you take your eyes off of yourself and you put your eyes on him. God will use you to heal others. As you allow the healing grace and the healing love of Jesus Christ to, to enter you, he can use you to distribute that to those around you as we connect with those in our lives that need it. See, what would happen if we made the decision that no longer are we going to avoid those people in fear of what they might do, but we are going to run to them so that we can bring healing and love and no matter how they react, no matter what they do, no matter how many times they beat us, they hurt us, they betray us, whatever, we are gonna make sure that they know that they are loved with the love of Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It never was. It was never about you and it was never about your hurt. It was always about sin. The second thing, That we see in this scripture here in philippians it's not about me it's all about him it's all about him it's all about him beginning in verse 5 he says you must have the same attitude that jesus christ had though he was god he did not think of equality with god as something to cling to Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. He took hurts that he didn't deserve. He took pain that he could have avoided. And he turned it into love that would last a lifetime. See, he humbled himself. That doesn't mean that that we devalue ourselves. That just means that we think of others before ourselves. That just means that he was thinking of, of us as more important than the pain that he would endure. See, Jesus said that, he never said that you wouldn't have pain. He never promised that. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. But fear not, I have overcome the world. I have overcome your pain. See, there are some of you here this morning, you need to know he has overcome your pain and the love that poured out at Calvary, he chose to do for you so that you could be just an expression of that love to others. See, he chose for you to be in this place for you to have an understanding and a knowledge of the love, and for those around you, for those in your life that have caused pain, for those that are parents and family members that have done you wrong, for those of you that you have struggled your entire life with trying to get off of this this train of, of disappointment and betrayal and fear of what they might do next. He said, don't have fear, have faith. Have faith in me. Have faith in the salvation that I've brought. Have faith in who I've called you to be. Have faith in the purpose that I've called you to. Have faith that my love is sufficient, that my love is enough. See, he poured out his love liberally. And see, when we walk by faith and not by sight, when we walk by our faith in him, when we walk by what we see in him, see, we don't have to worry about being hurt anymore because we know his grace is sufficient. That no matter what happens, no matter how they lash out, no matter how our friends or family or coworkers, or those around us betray us. See, we can have peace. See, Paul was in a prison cell physically, but he was free emotionally because he had the peace of Jesus Christ. He had the love of Jesus Christ. See, how many of us this morning, you need to free yourself emotionally? You need to free yourself of that pain that has been caused for you years ago. It's time to get over it. It's time to let it go. It's time to make a commitment and say, you know what, no longer am I gonna let this fear control me. This is my no fear year. I'm not going to be afraid anymore of this hurt and pain that has been caused in my life, but I am gonna walk in faith this year that not only am I gonna, no longer, am I gonna be slave to this fear and this pain, but I am going to bring hope and healing to those who have caused it. I'm going to make it my mission that no matter what they do, I'm going to love them. No matter what they say, I'm going to forgive them. Why? Because I've been forgiven. See you, there's some of you you've been dealing with this a long time. There are others of you that you have yet to deal with this kind of hurt and betrayal, but I'm promising you, if you live in this life for any number of time, this is going to happen. People are going to disappoint you. Why? Because of sin? Because we are humans because we're going to mess up. And those that are not in Christ, there is no hope for them yet. You are their hope. You are their hope. You are their hope. Paul says, and quickly, I know we're out of time. Verse 15, or 14, he says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service, an offering to God and I want all of you to share that joy yes you should rejoice and I will share your joy see you can replace your pain with joy you can replace your pain with hope you can replace your pain with peace you don't have to be afraid anymore today it begins now this is your year this is your no fear year let it go in this moment You don't have to have some great, there there doesn't have to be some big uh, circumstance or orchestra or anything like that. You can make the decision to release it. You can make the decision to let it go. You can make the decision to say, I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I'm gonna connect with people intentionally. I'm gonna engage with people. I'm gonna get back to my purpose. I'm going to make a difference in, in other people's lives. I'm going to focus not just on my own needs, but on the needs of others and you'll find joy that you've never known you'll find peace that you've never known it sounds crazy sometimes it sounds convoluted at sometimes but it's amazing the the testimonies that is we focus on others if we get our eyes off of ourselves and onto those around us the joy and the peace that it will bring to us this morning I want to pray for you if you've never experienced first and foremost if you've never experienced God's love in your life, if you've never experienced salvation, I want you to know that Jesus Christ came. As we read the scripture, he humbled himself. He, he did so not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And he took on the, the slave of humanity. He took on this criminal's death. He was branded a, a criminal. He was beaten. He was bruised. He took pain so that you could live free. He did that for you as an offering. Because he wants to have relationship with you. He wants to pour his love out on you. He wants you to know peace like you've never known before in this morning. If you've never experienced that, today is your opportunity. You might have tried a whole lot of things in your life. You might have tried therapy. You've tried this. You've tried that. you tried drugs. you tried alcohol. Everything that you could to find peace, to find relief from your pain and your stress. But I'm telling you this morning, try Jesus. He has never failed in the history of the last 2,000 years and beyond. He has never failed and he will never fail in your life and it's so simple it's so simple paul said if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and you can have salvation too you don't have to know the secret handshake you don't have to have all the right answers in fact that's totally cool with us we'll help you walk through this like i said we're a team we're here for you You show up we'll show up we'll be right there with you we'll coach you we've got resources we want to put in your hand at the connect table anytime you need it anytime you're struggling with your faith. We have books, we have things. We are here for you because we are better together and we connect intentionally so that we can run the race together so that we can win as many people as we can. And we are here for you this morning. You don't have to be alone, but it starts right now. It starts with a prayer. And for those of you, maybe you've retreated, you're dealing with hurt and with pain, I wanna pray for you as well. That this is your year. This is your moment this is going to be the greatest year of your life and you're gonna see things happen in your life that you never thought possible. As you step out, as you step back into the the road of life, as you step back into your purpose and you begin to connect with people, no longer do you avoid people, but you, you don't run from people anymore, you run towards people because you know that you have something that they need. You know that you have the words of hope, the words of life, the words of joy, the words of healing, the words of forgiveness. You have something that they desperately need. It'll change their life, but it'll change yours as well. And this morning, I want to pray for you that we would make that commitment as a church together. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. I thank you for this word, God, that you have birthed in this church. God, let us be a church that doesn't look inwardly, but God, we focus outwardly. God, we focus ourselves on the lives that are out there that are in pain, that are hurting. God, that need forgiveness, that need a savior, that need to know how much your son Jesus loves them, that he came and he died for them. That there is peace, that there is hope, that there is forgiveness, that there is a way that is beyond anything they could ever understand, know or think, and God, we are the ones to bring it to them. God, I pray that we would take up this mantle, that we would take up this cross, Lord, that we would follow you and that we would go out and we would share the love of your son, Jesus Christ, that we would shine like bright lights. God, that we would no longer walk in fear of what others will do to us, but we walk in faith of what we have to give to them. God, that hope, that love that springs eternal, that life, that abundant life that you brought to our our world. God, I pray that we would be so willing to share it. God, that we would be a church of hope, that we would be a church of light. God, I pray for those who have been struggling with pain. We release it right now. God, we just, we release it right now. God, we forgive those who have been hurtful to us we forgive our parents we forgive our loved ones we forgive those who have betrayed us God just as you forgave us of every sin that we committed Lord we are letting it go not that it's easy Lord but God we are looking forward we are not looking to our past we are looking to our future God in you Lord our pain is not our future you are our future and in our future is forgiveness and freedom God there is faith in our future not fear and so, God, we are just, we are letting it go right now. God, those people in our mind who we are, who are right now, we know who have hurt us, who have brought us pain, God, we let it go. We let it go, God. No longer is it going to hinder our future. No longer is it going to hinder what you want to do in our life. And we embrace you fully. We embrace our purpose fully. We embrace our calling this morning. In your heavenly and holy name we pray. And all God's children said Amen and amen. Would you give God praise this morning?